All right, Inappropriate Earl is back. We took a couple week hiatus. You know, it was, uh, you know, I had, I had to take a break. And uh, who am I kidding? I, I couldn't get anyone to come uh, to my couch, to be honest with you. It's, it's not easy. You guys, you know, you guys think you could do this on your own. I'll give you all my gear and you get people to your house every week and I'll just listen to your podcast. Uh, until then, uh, don't tell me how to do mine. Uh, those who can do, those who can't teach, uh, and those who can't do either have a podcast. Uh, and uh, it's rare that I bring someone back so soon. You know, usually I like to a couple months, maybe even as long as a year. I mean, Tawny Katane's coming back on the podcast, the lovely and talented Tawny Katane uh, from the Rat and White Snake videos. She hasn't uh, been in my house in two years. Uh, but this guy is one of the more popular uh, people of recent note for sure uh, and he's someone whose name i mispronounced i, I shouldn't say i mispronounced it I, I wasn't even calling him by his right name i was calling him <laughs> tommy stewart <laughs> but guys put your hands together for uh just like literally the second time i've been in a room with this guy outside of roast battle uh the great johnny stewart thank you very much ladies and gentlemen nice to be back on the couch how you doing earl Dude, you know, I'm just trying to survive and uh, get through uh, some uh, personal impeccadillos I have going on right now. But, uh, yeah, I hear that. You know, uh, I, I will survive, as Gloria Gaynor said. Mm. Uh, and uh, How's your morning going? Uh, you know, uh, pretty good. Uh, got a, uh, you know, a strange phone call last night uh, that I, I really can't divulge what was discussed, but it uh, didn't exactly... Uh, these my sleep patterns uh like a very nice two-hour phone call with a dear friend and uh some information was divulged to me that uh didn't exactly uh put me to bed but uh i I, you know what i do for sleep what is uh a dim red light little like my kind of indica and that new lord album pure heroin and then just just be still. Just lay there and then just let the tunes grab you to sleep. It's the only thing. I try to get eight hours every night, but it's like pfft. there's some nights where you just you just can't seem to. Well, I was in a real good sleep pattern and I was awoken by a phone call uh, by a friend. And, uh, you know, just uh, it was a great. We spoke for like two hours from like three to five in the morning or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, we got deep uh, about a particular uh, subject that I uh, I cannot go into <laughs> on this podcast. Um, uh, you know, it's All just right. uh, the way life works. I uh, spent the whole morning talking to lawyers. Well, we're going to get into that because, uh, <laughs> you know, well, let's start off with some fun stuff. Uh, Sounds good. What I, you got for me? You know, many of you uh, who listen to this uh, know my love and affiliation with Roast Battle. Uh, you have a match tomorrow night. Uh, yes, I do. Against Kellyanne Sadler. Kellyanne Sadler. Uh, she's uh, a good friend of mine. Good, good friend. And uh, who, what brought this battle on? She asked me to. And who am I to refuse the request of a beautiful young lady? Yeah, no, Kelly's awesome, and I'm sure it'll be a great battle. Uh, you're one of the more, uh, uh, I don't know, rising uh, roasters. Uh, you know, people enjoy your battles, your style, uh, your sense of fashion. I'm just here to make people smile. I mean, I know I was drawn to you uh, as we got into in our 
first episode uh just you you have a uh at least with me i just couldn't take my eyes off of you like i was like this guy's like you, you like well but it's true though like <laughs> that you know there's some people like, like whether it be bands or uh you know tv shows or whatever that just draw you in just instantly yeah uh, like, i had that i had that same experience at the uh viper room actually have you ever heard of that band graveyard barbecue i have not well, remember when the first Guitar Hero like came out and it was like this big, big old fucking right. thing. Well, on the first Guitar Hero, they had this uh, like competition where if you submitted a song, you can get it on the video game. And this band Graveyard Barbecue got their song "Cheat on the Church" for him. It's actually a guy, uh, it's really good dude named Brownback Johnson. Catch him on Facebook or Twitter or whatever the fuck he's at. He's a really great guy. So he comes in from Boston, and I see like, oh sweet, my one of my favorite bands, Warner Jive, is playing at the Viper Room, and they're gonna have Graveyard Barbecue playing there. And he just comes out on the stage with nothing but a bass drum and his guitar, and he's like, hey everybody, I'm Graveyard Barbecue. We were supposed to come in from Boston, but I'm the only person that showed up, so let's do this. And then he just starts playing fucking slide guitar and singing and doing the stomp and a little bit of, he had like a fucking tambourine on his left foot and a bass drum on the right foot. Afterwards, I just went over to him at the merch table. I was like, dude, where's your merch table? I'm buying every fucking thing on it. I grabbed CDs, t-shirts, all that shit. He didn't take cars, so I told him, all right, grab your lady, meet me at the bar, I'm a paying hooch. <laughs> just got there and just got fucking wicked drunk next day he taught me how to play slide guitar and shit and yeah there's just sometimes you know a guy can just get up there and just blow you the fuck away and now you're like oh well i mean i think uh someone like you is important to a show like roast battle you know you constantly need new blood on the show you know you, can, you just can't have the same people roasting uh yeah. you know because the jokes will get old eventually you know it's like okay we get it earl you're old uh olivia's young uh this guy's fat uh you know uh, this, he's white he's a jew right this girl's yeah. been molested or, or whatever like mm. you know so i think that's what i love about roast battle is there's you know a new wave of people like you and and uh, Eric Abenante. But I mean, no, no, no disrespect to Roast Battle or anything like that. But I mean, haven't you noticed that it, like, even if it is new people, doesn't it get very, very repetitive? Like, it, it'd be, it would. I mean, I think, uh, you know, as long as the matchups are kind of new, uh, I mean, you know, I guess you could say the jokes are. Uh, derivative yeah i mean you know if, if uh say uh i'm battling uh i don't know who uh, doug fager you know he's gonna do jokes about the kennedys and i'm gonna do jokes about uh you know certain things in his life and you know the next battle you might have someone who has similar uh family situations as doug so you might hear jokes that are somewhat the same but uh i think that the writing you know is is creative enough where you can still appreciate the jokes mm -hmm. uh i mean i've been on the show uh up until recently for three years and uh you know it's it's a great show uh, it's who's your favorite battler i mean to watch uh, among the elite battlers uh, i guess if you uh are the top like 20 battlers um <laughs> Let me see. I love Alex Hooper and his performances because mm -hmm. that's how I try and do it. You know, I'm, I think me and Hooper, are, I mean, he's a great writer, but I, I think we're the two who set the standard for roast performance right. in terms of like coming out with, you know, 
little bit of uh, pomp and circumstance. Uh, someone like Doug Fager with his rebuttals is is like, wow, he's he scares me with like how quick he is. And he's a great joke writer. Um, you know, Olivia is amazing to watch. Like, uh, like I basically learned how to battle from her because I never really had battled. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would see her battle. And, and what I would love about her is she would turn her biggest fault roasting fault right into her biggest strength like if you were going to hit her on uh, you know how she wore her makeup she'll own it and wear she would own it and then next time turn it on you yeah like i might be wearing I, I can't do one of her rebuttals but it would be like i might be wearing makeup but i'm still not gonna fuck you or yeah. something like that yeah so i was like wow so like when people would come at me for my age because i think i'm the oldest roaster uh, I would turn it on them like, okay, well, I might be double your age, but I'm going to outlive you, you fat fuck. <laughs> uh, so she was, uh, is fun to watch uh, doing that. Uh, Omid Singh hmm. for being silly. Like he writes. I like, uh, what's his, uh, Tony Henchcliffe is pretty. Tony's nice. great. He was like, I mean, I've, I've just liked his style ever since I saw him at the store doing that Kill Tony podcast and stuff. He's, he's been like roast battle before there was roast battle pretty much. He's just, he's crazy dude. Yeah, and he embraces the wrestling theatrics of, you know, the bad guy. and That's right. He has, like, all that wrestling background kind of stuff that he's all into and shit like that. I also, who is that guy from, uh, you ever heard of Zach Amico? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, he's, I, I've had him on the podcast. Really? Yeah, he's, because uh, he was out here for Roast Battle Season 2, and uh, he's an amazing dude, super nice guy. Dude uh, seems, I've heard a lot of, because I listen to a lot of the New York, like, comedy right. podcasts and stuff like that, because I'm more, like... O&A sort of right. kind of vibe and shit like that. So I get a lot more New York in my fucking listening patterns mostly. But, you know, Zach Amico, from every time that I've ever heard him on anything, it's just fucking... He's oh, a, he's a killer. He's a great dude. And he's an awesome dude. Pat Barker's another one who's like... Pat's like the total package. He's very much like Doug Fager, you know, great writer, great rebuttals. Mm -hmm. He uh, owns... He knows where you're going to hit him, you know... Uh, and he's already kind of ready for it. Oh, he's ready for it. Like, yeah. To me, that's the, the those are the best battlers. Like, uh, you know, you I don't know. No, I mean because if you're if you're like ready for if you have sort of those things already set up in your mind, I noticed that maybe this is just from a lot of the open mic kind of people that I see doing it, but they try to plug it in where it doesn't exactly fit. They're like, oh, he's gonna say something about this, and then it's like they have the words already rehearsed, and I'm like, that's not. That's not a rebuttal, man. A rebuttal is, what did he say? Oh, uh, bam. This. Right. I mean, you have to, I guess, uh, like I'm helping someone with their, uh, I don't want to give away who it is, uh, with uh, someone who has a battle coming up. Let's just say that. Okay. And, uh, you know, I told this person, listen, you know where you're going to get hit. Uh, you know, just be prepared for these subjects and you'll do fine, you know? So that's, I think a lot of people, uh, aren't true to themselves. And like, if you're fat, you're going to get fat jokes. Yeah. So have fat rebuttals. Uh, and if you're, uh, my first couple battles were hard too, man, because like they, they started bringing up like divorce and like my kid and shit. And I was like, fuck dude. Like I, I was up there and I wanted to cry, but I was like, Dude, that shit was fucking funny, though, <laughs> like, to be honest. Man, they, they burned me. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, 
you know, like if, if I was ever going to roast you, I, the first thing I would go after is the divorce. Right. Uh, but that also sets you up. You know, you have to be very strategic. Like if I went after you on divorce, you could hit me on uh, mm, something. You're that old, might... this old, and still don't have no woman on this. This is a very man cave kind of house, man. Well, you could hit me on maybe a, a relationship that didn't like. Uh, work uh, <laughs> so you have to be real careful you know when you go at uh obvious target that it doesn't set that person up for a, a big rebuttal shot like that's you know, true you, if someone's balding or whatever and you say well look at your hairline it's blah 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 they could they know a bald joke's coming mm. so if they're good they're gonna have something in the ho holster so uh what uh, was the writing process for Kelly? Because she's fairly unknown in the uh, in that room, mm -hmm. you know. So do do you? Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't want you to say the jokes, but like, uh, you know, she's a friend. Did, did you approach it like, well, I don't want to hurt her feelings, or fuck this, this is roast? I don't battle. know. I mean, I wrote a few bits that were pretty. They're pretty funny, you know, but they just royally mean and i mean I'm, I'm just not i'm just not a mean-spirited guy at heart to be honest you know like if we're in a smoke circle or you know at a table or something like that yeah snap a joke i'll snap back but you know i've probably written like two or three bits and i'm not even 100 percent sure i'm gonna do them well it's always tough i find uh when you uh, roast a girl and your guy uh, mm -hmm. you know i think the girl automatically has the room initially uh, and you have to be real careful in, in terms of how you attack because you're going to come off as a bully real fast. Uh, yep. Especially if you do like your ugly jokes, you're fat, you're, you're this, you're that. Um, you know, one of the, you know, I've only lost two battles. Both have been to women. Mm. Uh, and in my first loss against Whitney Rice, who'd never done a battle before, which is what I kind of like about the show is that anyone can lose. Right. Like, as good as I am at roasting. Hmm. You I, might not have taken it as seriously as that person, and they just came back with better shit. It's purest form of meritocracy. Yeah, I mean, well, we were dating at the time, so I think maybe I did, you know, and we were, she's very, very good. I mean, she's amazing. Uh, but I look back, and I was shitting on her looks. And if you know Whitney Rice you know and i'm assuming a lot of people who listen to this do like she's beautiful like yeah. she's like stunning and uh if i could take that battle back i i wouldn't hit her looks because i just looked ridiculous shitting on someone who's so good looking yeah i would imagine and then yeah but then against sarah tiana my second loss i held back and i didn't attack uh, and it's cost me because sarah's an animal she hit me very hard and i couldn't recover she hustles well, she's really good, and yeah. like you, uh, looking back, I, I, you know, it's it's a fine line. I, you know, with Whitney, I should have gone a little less hard, and with Sarah, I should have gone harder. Uh, so it's, you know, that's what I will always love about roast battle is the strategical element of the show. Like if you and I battle, we can go hard on each other. Well, you got divorced. Well, your last relationship, you know, yeah, blah, this blah, is blah. blah, blah, blah. Well, fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, but, you know. That's we, the thing. I mean, like I, I've battled friends and the first one was Kate Stark, you know, who was just a sweetheart. She's never had an ill word for me ever. So to really hit her on something that I know is like deep and psychological, I don't want her to carry that with herself for the rest of the fucking week or whatever. Then after that's Joseph Thorne, 
great guy. He's gay, so he's sort of sensitive. And I don't know how I can fucking go ahead. And now I'm doing Kellyanne, who's uh, she's a great girl. I mean, she's a great girl. I mean, I got to be honest with you. She's uh, a very uh, loving person. She's been in the room a lot. I think she's probably seen maybe 60, 70 percent of the roast battle. So she knows what the show's about. But I believe this is her first battle, right? I believe so. I can't even. I can't remember that. Oh yeah, that she wanted her first time to be with me. Oh, oh. Well, who wouldn't? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But, oh. but here's the thing, though. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I've done everything on that show, but host it, and mm. uh, it's a different. Like, she might look at. I think a lot of people look at roast battle and they, oh, that looks like fun. I want to do it. Right. And the second you get on that stage, it's different. Like. Uh, like when I, and I've told this story a few times before, but like when I roasted uh, John Morrison, uh, for you wrestling freakers out there, that's Johnny Mundo and uh, Lucha Libre on the El Rey Network. They don't pay me to say that. Uh, but he was uh, in the WWF, uh, WWE. Uh, I don't want to get sued. And, uh, you know, I, when he approached me about battling, I'm like, dude, you know, it's, it's a very... Uh, it's a strange energy in the room, dude. It's packed. It's fucking brutal. It's it's vicious in there. And he's like, dude, I've done WrestleMania in front of 70,000 people. <laughs> I will be fine. And literally the second he walked on stage, I could tell he was shitting bricks because mm. it's just different. So I think Kelly will find that out. You know, yeah. If I had, if I had any, if I want, if I was going to be anybody in that room at the roast battle, it'd probably be one of the judges. Like, I'd want to be right there in the middle seats, just figuring. Like, that, I don't know. That's that'd be my favorite scene in the house, to be honest. I mean, I like judging, uh, but I'm not that funny when I do it because I love the art form of roast battle so much that I actually judge. Mm. Like, I don't like shitting on the contestants because they have enough to worry about without worrying about rebuttals for Earl or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So. I'm more concerned with just the, the merits of funny. So it would just be no fucking like, Oh, I like that person. So this and that is like, no, is your joke funnier than his? And that's the only thing that I'm concerned with ever. Oh yeah. And I'm a very fair judge. I mean, I have judged people that uh, I have, uh, let's just say problems with at mm -hmm. the moment. And uh, if they were winning, I, I voted for them. Like, I'm, uh, I'm also, uh, let me get this plug out of the way. For you New York fans, uh, Daddy Skakel will be judging the naked roast battle at Skankfest. Oh, hell yeah. Holy fuck, you're going to Skankfest? I have uh, been asked to go to Skankfest and judge naked roast battle oh god dad do you need an assistant do you need a pa just somebody to carry your bags oh um, my god if i just oh, i just want to go to skate fest so bad i can't wait i mean just to uh for two days be around jay okerson and who's yeah. like the fucking my best. goddamn comedy hero the reason that i oh, oh i mean if everyone in la or in comedy forget la were like jay okerson it would be just so much easier to navigate this business because mm. he is like the best. And I don't even know him that well. Like he's always friendly, always very nice. You know, uh, a lot of people compare me to big Jay Ogerson because I got my fucking, like my little rocker swag and my fucking fingerless gloves and shit like that. But I was like, fuck you guys. I've been fucking wearing this shit since I was 12. Like he just happens to be. And then big J special comes out 
And the first fucking bit that he has is about his daughter and how he wanted a son. And that's like, I have a very, very similar joke on the same fucking lines. And I'm like, ah, everybody's going to think that I'm fucking jocking Big J. And I'm like, no, I'm just. I don't think so. I mean, they know you have a daughter. So it's like, mm. you know, it's not like you're making it. It's not like if I were doing it. And, you know, I don't have any kids that I know of. Uh, well, now I'm doing a karaoke comedy show. And Big J just came out with a TV show talking about where he has fucking comedians doing karaoke. Right. That, <laughs> and so what the fuck? Well, I'd I don't like know to, uh, what the hell's going on. Nah, me and him just need to fucking shake hands at one point and just let the universe explode. Welcome to Skankfest. Uh, I'm not sure when the dates are, but uh, if you need a PA or a fucking, bitch. I mean, uh, it'd be a non-pain. Fuck boy, I am damn. Well, I'm good on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, asexual at the moment. Uh, I'll be a good wife to you, Earl. Well, uh, you know, if you can, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what the budget is to fly assistance out there, but uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time. Uh, Lindsay Jennings is doing. Uh, the uh, naked roast uh, and uh, a couple other people, so I can't wait. Like, this should be uh, fun. Uh, New York comics have treated me very well uh, the few times I've been there. So uh, New York comics seem to be the only motherfuckers that can make me laugh nowadays. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> there's no uh, offense to the listeners. Yeah, no. Uh, Louis Gomez is great. And, One uh, of the best. You know, uh, I just, think I've, I'm pretty sure I've listened to every single episode of Legion of Skanks, with the exception of like the last three. Right. And that's that's like not even an exaggeration. That is my favorite fucking thing to listen to. I love those guys. And Zach and Miko is like, uh, you know, super, super nice. I know a lot of people wanted to see us roast battle, but uh, I had to, uh, you know, there's some things uh, that, uh, you know, I love Zach and we will battle at some point. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, just some, uh, situations. That, yeah. Uh, I feel you. I feel you. You know, uh, so what about you, man? No ladies in your life right now? Nobody special? Um, uh, not in my life. Uh, y- you know, it's, it's all good. Um, you know, I just met a girl. Oh, cool. Cool. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, what? Yeah, Cause I don't think people realize how hard it is to meet women when you're out to i mean you could meet like groupies and stuff like oh, that i've met women i've met a lot of women well i know i mean your uh, suicide girl story from last i think that's why your ep- episode was so popular last oh really time. they like that one well, i know like, i did i jacked off to it three times i like that story too yeah, it's fucking well, you, awesome you were in it it was great uh but it's hard to meet like girls uh you know, usually girls who see us at comedy shows are either with a boyfriend or uh, mm. with a group of girls. And, you know, so it's hard. Oh, that's to, not scary. Well, but it's like, it's hard to like, hey, can I get your number? Like when you got, like, mm. when they're in a pack. No, nah, man, you just got to find a weak one in her and take down that gazelle. Well, I, <laughs> I guess you're right. Man, I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> just make sure they're not too drunk. Hey, and any listeners, if you ever want to make sure that the girl you're talking to is blackout drunk or not, ask her a question or make some serious point about like some innocuous fucking word. And then five minutes later, or maybe give it like 10 minutes, ask her if she remembers what that word is again, because if she can't, she's not able to form long-term memories from short-term memories. Well, there you go. not fuck her, because you wake up next to somebody with a gym vest, they're going to start saying rape 
Well, there you go. I hope uh, Bill O'Reilly and Bill Cosby and uh, maybe Bill Clinton, uh, I hope you guys are listening. <laughs> and you girls who don't want to wake up next to a guy with a jean vest. Uh, just don't talk to one. Don't uh, run away from Johnny Stewart. No, just but, tell me to take my vest off, baby. I can be whatever you want. <laughs> this is a maybe getting into the area I'm not comfortable with. Let's. Uh, so who's this girl you met? Uh, well, her name's Stephanie. Oh, you're going to actually say her name. Yeah, right. no, for real. I mean, I'm honest. And, uh, she's a fucking Marine, dude. And where did you meet her? I met her at, uh, I was doing this open mic at DBA in Pomona. And she's, she's a, she's my best friend's cousin. So it's like everything about this situation is scary and screaming no. And I'm just like... Been there. I don't know. I'm like I'm. Not, I'm fucking. I'm. I'm done, done with fear. You know what I mean? But do you like who you like? I like her. You know, and that's like, um, uh, you know, I've certainly uh, been in enough relationships where it's, I don't really have. I don't know about you, but I don't have a type per se. Mm. You know, like my last three girlfriends, uh, at least from the physical standpoint, you couldn't have picked three different looking girls like one was short and uh pretty busty i guess you'd say uh the middle girl was uh incredibly uh tall and um uh, lean mm. i guess you'd say and then the, see do you uh, more fall in love with a personality i it's more of a vibe for me like uh which uh you know i don't care about the age i don't care if they're older younger if as long as it's legal if i like you let's i'm like let's hang out yeah not fuck but let's let's go on to Let's go to a movie or let's go to a concert. And if you want to fuck, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm very shy in that regard. Really, I'm. I'm sure, like you know, people who've seen us roast battle, uh, or my stand up, you know, is pretty. Uh, you know, it's almost a character. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm very. A girl has to basically uh, attack me to go, "Hey, Earl, let's let's do this." Okay. I've always been sort of the opposite way. I, I, I just, I'm I'm not pushy, you know what I mean? But I just know what to say and I'm not afraid to fucking say it. So it's, it's, I've, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of luck with the ladies since the, since the divorce, let's say. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, I've had some fun and I'm trying to switch up my vernacular a little bit because now I've met a girl that I like and that's never happened before. <laughs> But that's great though. Like people would probably look at you and the outfit and the fucking tattoos and the the the, the stand up and the you know the roast bound go. This guy's like probably treats women like shit. Like just because it's a care. But like you, mm. I find you to be a sweet dude. Thank like, you, man. Uh, you're a pretty sweet dude too. I mean, it doesn't help me a lot in life, but uh, yeah. you know, I think uh, people don't seem to respond to sweet dudes and. Uh, I we, mean, I pretty much learned how to talk to women by being an asshole, not genuinely being an asshole, but just having the asshole demeanor. Well, I and think that can uh, play into your favor. Uh, definitely. You know, it, it's weird. Uh, I think uh, sometimes being nice is almost seen as a weakness. Mm -hmm. uh, which it's is the psychology of like alpha and beta and stuff like that that just... It's unfortunate. 100%. It's very, very unfortunate. But now, since since I know that I can trick anybody into doing anything that I want, I'm over here trying to be honest and nice and sweet, scaring the fuck out of me. Well, I mean, I I think honesty is the best policy. It's just, but I in um, 
maybe recent times it hasn't been for me uh no it's the hardest part about being honest all the time what it's knowing when you learning when you have to lie to people and i hate doing that like it i fucking hate hurts uh, my heart. Uh, it's just like uh you know hey if i like you i like you let's i'm i'm, I'm a very straightforward down the middle there's no black and white there's just what's mm. in the middle and uh that's maybe not the best uh no what else i've been learning is patience that's a big one because I move quick and I get very, very impatient. Yeah. I mean, uh, patience is a great, uh, I hate to play mind games with people, but like, I think if the more patience, uh, you show the, the, the bigger the payoff is like you, you are more intriguing. I think the more patient you are mm. versus if you just jump right in, like I tend to do. Also something I've been noticing with this girl that it's it's kind of been a little bit easier for me to be patient because when I like talk to her and look at her and stuff like that, I, I think of a bunch of things that I'd like to do with her and shit like that. And then I'm like, okay, well, she still wants to talk to me tomorrow. I guess we can do one more thing on that fucking list. It's almost like, you know, my patience is kind of like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to that later. It's not a big deal. Well, I also think it depends on their background. Like if, if they've been treated uh, well by men, it, it, it's, you know, they tend to respond better to niceness Yeah. Uh, or on the opposite, if they've been treated like shit by most of the men in their life, not all, but most or what, whatever, uh, that being nice almost hurts you. Like, it's like, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with, necessarily if you're nice or not nice or anything like that it's just more about confidence that's like the, it's you can go up there and say whatever it doesn't even matter what you're talking about I mean you can talk about hockey and fucking like rock bands for the rest of our fucking life you know what i mean because it doesn't matter what you talk about as long as you're confident and you know the other person's not trying to bullshit you you can talk forever oh i agree i mean like i don't think uh any girl is out of my league. Mm. Uh, and that seems like, what are you talking about? Uh, but I know there's not a girl on this planet that's out of my league. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's it, not, that's not being cocky. That's just if competence. You're, if you're a good guy, you know, your looks are almost unimportant. Like if, mm. if you're a good person and you treat people nice, you're, you're uh, funny. Uh, I completely forgot that we're supposed to be funny on this. Not really. <laughs> uh, no, this not at all. two comedians just talking about deep ass shit. But I think, <laughs> you know, people like, you know, I've had enough episodes uh, about roast battle, you know, like 100% where, uh, you know, people want to hear stuff like this now, you know, like... You know, uh, they get my love of roast battle or whoever is on the couch, uh, you know, but I think people like uh, hearing like pulling two, away the veil a little bit. Two, yeah. Two dudes who like on the surface, most people would probably look at us who know us and go, oh, they probably treat women like like, you know, just fuck toys or whatever. But like to hear you actually like a girl and like to hear, you know, my uh, <clears throat> recent uh situations yeah all uh, that choking in your throat <laughs> you you would think like the kiss song says earl or johnny just loves him and leaves him but uh you know uh that's not the case and i almost like, bought a kiss album today which one 
I can't remember. It was the one with Gene Simmons right there on the cover, all black, and it was just his face. I can't fucking remember. What the uh, it was, was probably the Gene Simmons solo album from 78. Yeah. yeah, they were fucking, uh, it was going to be 40 bucks. What's, uh, well, those are interesting, uh, just to delve into the music scene for a second. Uh, you know, Kiss was the only band to release four solo albums on the same day. Damn. That's great. Like, you would never see U2 or Pearl Jam or whoever is big right now mm. uh, release, like, you know, four solo albums on the same day. And uh, basically, it was done to keep Peter and Ace in the band because that was 78 was when Peter and Ace were like, we're stars, too. We don't need to fucking be in Kiss, which was, a, I think they both know that was a wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that would have walked been, away from billions. Well, it's like, <laughs> well, Peter was actually pretty smart because he signed some contract where he still got paid for, I think, uh, every album they did in the 80s. Okay. Uh, where Ace, I think, did a buyout where they probably gave him a few million, but he would have made a lot. He would have he would have made more if he did what Peter did. What's he doing now? Uh, well, uh, well, they got back in 96, which was the reunion tour was huge because uh, yeah. there was a lot of people like, say, your age who'd never seen kiss before like the original kiss right and it was like so the, they got all that money of, of and then they got all like people my age like oh i kiss was kind of like i was too young to see kiss when they were in their prime mm. uh you know i mean kiss is still on their farewell tour so how do you how do you approach the ladies um well i mean i do uh um i know i'm a great guy mm. uh and once again this is not uh set out of cockiness uh right. you know my mom raised me she actually said this to me when i was like 12 which might explain some of my problems now but she's like earl always be nice to everyone because there's always going to be someone out there with a bigger dick than you <laughs> and it was like my mom was the fucking best uh my parents were incredibly strange but they raised uh strange but effective uh yeah. You know, a couple, a couple of days ago, I told my mom and I was like, "Hey, Bob, can you uh, can you tell Dad something for me?" He's like, "What?" I was like, "Just tell him thank you for the big dick." Like, I just want. I think it'd probably be more cover from you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was watching uh, this karate movie last night. It's like the Star Wars of karate movies. Uh, Enter the Dragon. Mm. It's Bruce Lee's last full movie, and uh, there's this really cool black guy in it jim kelly who's a big afro it's done in 73 so you know he, he had this massive afro and uh, uh essentially there's a karate tournament on this rich guy's island and all these different karate styles and this guy had the weirdest style he fought like he was a cobra mm. and uh the main bad guy asked him about his style and he's like it's strange but effective and when I lose, I don't even notice because I'm too busy looking good. <laughs> and that's how my parents' parenting skills were strange but effective. Uh, my parents' uh, parenting skills were more to the effect of uh, fend for yourself. <laughs> well, that's also kind of what my, my mom and dad were like, hey, it's a jungle out there, which yeah. uh, explains some of my negative uh, thought process on things. Um you know, my mom basically raised me. Uh, everyone's out to get you. <laughs> like, so. You got any siblings? Two brothers, two sisters. I'm the baby. Aww. We're all alive. Uh, parents passed away two months in 98. Oh. Two months apart in 98. Oh, uh, okay. It worked out better that way. They were really 
locked in. I always think that's the most, that's like the coolest fucking thing ever when like couples die, like, like not the same day, but like, you know, really close to each other. It's just, it's, it's something about like, you know, that that last person's holding on for like another month so that he can get his affairs in order and make sure everything's okay. And then just stop. Well, that's literally what happened with my parents. My, I mean, they were both, uh, they weren't that old, 74 and 69. I mean, that's not young, but it's not like their empire and their families were secure so they could just, yeah. I mean, uh, mom, uh, you know, she had like 58 forms of cancer, uh, never went to a doctor. So she'd probably still be alive today, but you know, Mm. she was content. And then dad died two months later. Uh, but uh, here's the weirdest thing, and I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast before. Like, uh, I was in a little bit of denial about my mom dying because she was like my best friend, and uh, so I was delaying going back to Florida to see her because I just didn't want to see my mom. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone die of cancer, man. But uh, yeah, my grandma pretty much raised me. Uh, it it's uh, it ain't pretty. Uh, but then my uh, sister Caroline was like, "Girl, get down here within the next twelve hours." So uh, I had three dogs at the time. I had to sneak them on the plane because they didn't have their health certificates. I was, a, I think, I bribed the guy at the front. <laughs> at the, uh, I don't, I don't remember the airlines. It was probably United. I'm like, listen, man, my mom's dying in the next twelve hours. I, I don't have any health certificates for these dogs. <laughs> and they, I'm begging you. And they jammed them in one container. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen dog containers. They're not that big. <laughs> All three dogs in the container. Uh, and uh i got there uh and the minute i pulled into the driveway in my parents home my mom died like it's like she was waiting for me i know it's really i you know usually i don't believe in shit like that but you get to say anything to her no i literally i ran into the uh bedroom where she was at and uh um my two dogs at the time or three dogs uh were wild at the time these dogs were not trained at all uh They all three literally ran with me to her bed. And for the first time before, since, or after, they all three sat down at the same time and just looked at her. Like, it, like it was like wild. I mean, I was missed her by five minutes. I mean, as soon as I um, pulled into the garage, she, uh, I think, uh, checked out. So, uh, wow. you know, that... Yeah. yeah, a few years ago, my grandma died, uh, and she, she, you know, like I told this story at her funeral too a little bit, but it was whenever I, whenever I would like go outside and get into trouble or you know do something stupid, get arrested or whatever, everybody would just come out and get me in trouble and you know try and lay down some law or whatever. And my grandma was the only person that would ever ask me, you know, why, why did you do that? Like, why did you steal that thing from the store? Why did you break into that? Or why did you do this or that? And I was like, well, I didn't have money to do it. And then after that, she, she'd give me an allowance. She'd give me chores and stuff. And it was like one of the only things that she was like the only person ever that asked me why I was doing the things that I was doing and tried to you know, give me the resources and the drive to make better choices in my life. Yeah. I mean, we all need, uh, you know, you need at least one person who's a a good influence in your life. Uh, I think the last, uh, the last words that I told her when she was sitting and she was sitting in this church, you know, surrounded, everybody was coming and saying bye because she was going to go up to Oregon to with her oldest kids 
and they were going to take care of her because it was just, they haven't seen her. It was better that way. You know, our house wasn't really able to handle that, you know, with all the babies that we had running around. Yeah. But, yeah uh, no, the last yeah. thing, the last thing that I ever told my grandma was that I was having a daughter and, uh, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, death is no fun. That's for sure. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but I know it's, it's, it's we get deep. <laughs> Fuck, dude. It's probably don't, my Don't own. go telling me stories that you don't usually say on podcasts, man. You're going to make me get my fucking sunglasses on. Well, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's life, man. You know, I mean, that's probably, uh, well, it is definitely my biggest regret, uh, was not being there when she, at the moment yeah. she died. Uh, I'm actually happy my grandma died before the divorce because I, I don't think she'd be very proud of me right now. Well, you know, <laughs> it happens. Uh, but, you know, you, you know, just trying to learn. And, yeah. And, uh, but like one of the proudest moments, probably the proudest moment of my life is uh, I made sure when my dad died that uh, I'm going down there a few days early. You know, and uh, like literally we all held, uh, we're all sleeping in this hospital room, all five, uh, five kids. And uh, I think the the nurse and uh, I was sleeping on the floor, of course, you know, my, my fucking sleep hours are so strange. Mm -hmm. And uh, the nurse woke me up and said, Earl, it's time. I'm like, what are you talking about? Time for what? And she's like, (laughs) he's going. And so we all five of us put our hand on his hand and like watched him, uh, you yeah, know, just, uh, just slip away. Yeah. I was like, uh, it's a moment I'll never forget. Like, it's just like, I can feel his hand right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, you know, how the fuck we got to bounce back from that? <laughs> I know it's tough, but you know, I think people like hearing this, like they get, you yeah. know, uh, our love. I'm still, for- I'm still fortunate to have both my parents in my life right now for, for the most part. But, uh, actually my, my relationship with my parents has gotten a lot better since I got diagnosed with schizophrenia. And but, you were just recent. I mean, do you want to get like, were you recently somewhere where, uh, you were taking care of that? Uh, oh, yeah. I had a freaking Monday. I got arrested because I, I got for trespassing in an office max when all I wanted to do was speak with a manager and they were saying that I was being loud and belligerent. And I were you? I absolutely wasn't, but I was being loud and belligerent the way that businessmen be loud and belligerent. Right. And they just didn't want to fucking talk to me no more. And then they called the cops and I was like, I'm not scared to go to jail when I know I'm right. So then I went to jail, fell asleep in a jail cell, woke up, started piecing it back together from the spinning. And then uh, they were like, all right, Johnny, you ready to go? And I'm like, nope. I want the security tapes from Office Max and I want this and that. The next day I thought people were following me. And... I don't know. I just fucking had to, I called 911 to call the fucking cops and, you know, they put me in a 5150 or something like that. It's a good Van Halen album, 5150. Yeah, it's a great fucking band. Yeah, fuck. Van Halen fucking kicks fucking ass. But like, when you, like, I have a friend who's schizophrenic, like, uh, Mm. like, uh, I'm still not exactly sure what that means. Like, do you, uh, I just see shit. I just see and hear things that, you know, may or may not be there. And it's hard for me to distinguish what is and what isn't really real. I have a lot of flashbacks and uh, fucking, I mean, for the most part, I'm pretty fucking productive. 
you know, and I'm a pacifist. And that's the only things that really you have to worry about with schizophrenics is just like, are they going to fucking snap on you and think that you're somebody else and fight you, which I'm not. And, um, you know, whatever that first thing I brought up was. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I suffer from probably some type of ailment, uh, you know, but a little scared to go to a therapist there, Earl. Well, I actually, uh, recently, uh, went to one for, uh, situation uh, in my life right now but uh you choose your words very very carefully <laughs> it uh, actually helped i to, did not to a degree but and you know uh, what i like about you earl is that you don't edit neither do i i, I mean just... you know i'll never mention names on the podcast because you know uh, those people aren't here to defend themselves or or you know uh, disagree uh mm. Like I have a uh, girlfriend from my past, uh, not the recent one, but uh, a, a different one who, uh, if you put her in a room and said, uh, blank, mm. why do you think you and Earl broke up? And then you put her in a soundproof room and put me there and said, Earl, why did you and blank break up? You'd get 90% of the story, like mm. the same. Then that last 10% would be like, no, that's not what happened. And so that's why I don't like to mention names. Uh, right. Well, you do know. you think that you guys would ever be in the same room and figure out that last 10%? Um, I mean, I'm uh, in, in that particular case, uh, I'm pretty dead set on what happened. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then, uh, you know, there've been, uh, you know, like there was another, uh, situation with another girl, uh, that, you know, I fucked up and I can own it and uh, we're very good friends. Ruins your credibility though. Well, uh, no, I think it enhances it when you uh, say uh, I'm, I uh, made a uh, mistake uh, uh, due to uh, a past. Oh, so that you would be the kind of person that would own up to that kind of thing if you'd actually did it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't uh, cheating. It was, um, you know, just uh, whatever it, it might've been. Uh but it was not right. And so, uh, you know, I owned up to it and, and we're still very good friends to this day. So uh, that's cool. I think I'm pretty I'm pretty much good friends with everybody that I've had sex with, except for my ex-wife. I think that's the only person that hates me at this point, because I mean, once I once I have gotten in there and whatever and you want to make it more of a regular thing. I'm like the most respectful. I send the most respectful booty texts and like, I never fucking use it. I've never sent a dick pic in my life. Well, that's where you and I differ. Wow. <laughs> I've got the best dick pic in town, but yeah. it's, you know, my thing's more like, if you want to see it, just, you know, here's the address. Well, I'm more <laughs> like, uh, I know I get then there's no right or wrong way on dick pic, uh, etiquette. Uh, uh, but I'm more like, uh, I'm like kiss. I like to give you a little sample. Okay. And okay. then, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, I also do it as a gag too. Like, you know, I like to uh, show my dick pic to celebrities and uh, 
That's the, that's something that I will do is that if I'm around friends or like, you know, like, uh, I actually whip my dick out in front of the cop when he got arrested because I was like, Oh, I have to take a piss. Right. And this guy called me a bitch. And nobody calls me a bitch. So then I fucking just looked him in the eyes and I pulled my dick out. Like I was going to pee inside this little cup thing for him. And I was like, Oh, I guess I don't have to fucking pee right now. And then I just put my dick back in my pants and I wait until, uh, they got me some fucking oysters. Well, I'm a, I'm a little kid, so like I I went up to David Spade once, and uh, David Spade's awesome. Like he's yeah, just like definitely. he uh he was very uh, good to me in Montreal at Roast Battle. I, I'm a big fan, and uh, you know we were in the movie Benchwarmers together many moons ago, and uh, 2006. I had a very small part in it, but uh, it was a relatively funny scene. Uh, and uh, I saw him like I don't know a year ago at the Comedy Store, and I'm like, hey, Mr. Spade. I, I've been really struggling with my career and like, I know you're, you know, a lot of agents and managers and I just got some headshots done and I was just really building this mm. whole storyline. Oh, woe is me, David, come yeah, save me. I'm, just, I'm trying to like make it. And I, can I show you my newest headshot? I, I think it'd be good for at least a Bud Light commercial. He's mm. like, oh yeah, sure, man. No problem. And I just showed him my dick pic and <laughs> he laughed. He gets a sense. He got it. That's awesome, dude. And then he showed it to his black friend, and the black friend looked at it and goes, Jesus, bro, you're one of us. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I will say this. I've seen way more dick. I mean, I've seen way more dicks in real life than I would care to admit. Well, yeah, I mean, I go to two gay gyms. So oh, not even like that. Just like, I mean, freaking in the comedies, you know, I whip my dick out in front of comedians all the time. And sometimes they do the same fucking thing because they think they're funny, too. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, comics are weird people. Like we have weird senses of humor. So, um, uh, you know, we, we, we get bored easily and... uh you know, we uh, late night at the comedy store or uh, yeah. at an open mic, you uh, have to figure out ways to fucking because like comedy, especially comedians, they have such a high bar for what funny is. And some that, don't. Yeah. Oh, fuck. A lot don't. I don't know. But it, the comedians I hang out with, the bar for being funny is really, really fucking high when you're in our circle. So, yeah, sometimes it takes like, hey, can you check out this headshot? And then it's a dick pic and just to get anybody to fucking chuckle. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's these uh, our lifestyle is fairly uh, not monotonous, but, you know, you're doing the same thing a lot every night. Like you wait a few hours, you go on, you go out to eat after you wake up at noon you you know do what you do in the daytime right go i go to the gym you know you do your podcast uh, you do someone else's podcast and you, then you go back out wait a few hours go up uh you know it's a fairly uh mundane uh lifestyle if you've been doing it for a long time so you find ways to uh entertain yourself yeah, or your friends, yeah. you know. Um, and when all your friends are funny fucking people. <laughs> I try to. I mean, you know, I've uh, I've cut out a lot of people in my life recently, you know. I don't do anything in life now that's not fun, whether it's just, you know. Uh, what do you find is the best way to cut somebody out of your life? Well, it depends on why you're cutting them out. Like, just you know, uh, boredom. Uh, well, I don't. Uh, I only cut out people who uh, bring me down. Um, like the Billy Idol song says, can't bring me down. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I don't want to turn the color blue. Well, <laughs> I mean, life is just too short. Yeah. Like, so I don't, 
I'm not around people, places, or things that don't make me happy. Like the comedy store makes me happy when I'm performing there. Mm-hmm. Last night was awesome. Like had a good set. Uh, got to see uh, people like Court McCown and, and Jason Galern and uh, uh, Courtney Banks, who I love. Like she's uh, you know awesome, and uh, Nicole Buchanan and, and a couple other people that it's like. They make me happy. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, you know, just my new theory in life. If you don't make me happy, you're out. <laughs> and yeah, you'll survive without me. I don't mean it like that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't need negativity in my life. I got you know, way too much shit going on. At this point, I don't. Like, uh, you know, I know I'm a good person and a great guy. So uh, if that's not good enough for you, hit it. Mm. Uh, go drown in the negativity of, you know, whoever you want to hang out with. So, um, yeah, it's sure. hard. Sometimes you got to let go of people. Who, uh, you know, you kind of like in a weird way, enjoy being around, but, uh, you know, it's also like, you know, you'll go crazy if you just, uh, so then how do you not fall in love with negativity? You get out of it. Like, fuck you, you leave it. Like, uh, you know, and I, I used to be, uh, you know, cause the, my mom, she was not the most positive person. Like, uh, I mean, which is why I have a high level of paranoia still, mm. uh, you know, um, you just gotta, it's, it's, a, it's a habit for me. I'm speaking for myself. It's you, you get into the habit of, okay, I'm not happy around this person. They're gone. Uh, this person's disrespectful to me. Uh, I've never really liked them in the first place. Um, they're gone. Uh, and you know, once you're gone in my life, you're out. Uh, So do you have, how many people would you say that you have in your life right now that are close to you? I mean, uh, you know, there's different uh, levels of closeness. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's, uh, you know, I don't really have a best friend per se, where if I got, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but you got like lists of three, lists of five. Well, I don't want to mention their names, uh, but like the girl, you know, the girl I spoke with last night mm. uh, for two hours. It was awesome. Like, she's a very good friend. Let's go. Cool. Uh, and it's good to have a, a, a just a friend of the opposite sex. Um, it's very hard. Well, in this case, it's it's not because, you know, she's not trying to fuck me. I'm not trying to fuck her. I mean, she's hot, mm. you know, and uh, all that stuff. But uh, it's, are you friends with any uh, people that you used to fuck? I mean, I'm pretty good friends with every ex-girlfriend and, and even one night stands. Mm. Uh, I, I always try and leave the door open, not for return sex, but just... Uh, we got along together. Let's get coffee or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, outside of uh, you know, uh, one or two, uh, that, uh, if my name pops up in conversation, they're happy to hear it. Or mm. if they, you know, what I love about like the comedy store per se is when my little red Dodge Magnum pulls up into the driveway, everyone's happy. I'm there. Uh, oh yeah. It's all it's important. But I think if you leave girls in a, you know, if, if you're open and honest with, with uh, the women in your life, uh, and, you know, you won't burn bridges. Like if you tell a girl, like, I love you. And then, you know, the next night you're on tender, you know, that girl's not going to have a positive, uh, you know. Uh, so then 
when do you make that decision? Well, I'm I'm speaking more specifically in terms of dudes. Uh, you know, right. there's not too many girls. When, like, when does a guy supposed to make that decision to say in those words and to deleting those apps and to make like going in on that shit? When what? Well, I mean, I would. How do you do it? Is what I'm asking. Well, I uh, like to play it by ear. Like I would say uh, with my. Uh, um, last couple girlfriends, I, I almost let them dictate like where the uh, you know relationship was going. Like, um, you know, it's a vibe. You, you know, you just feel it. Like, okay, you're my girlfriend now. Uh, you almost don't even have to say it. Like, mm. um, and then uh, you know, so it's I, I don't I don't know how to answer that question. I think it's right with each person. It's different. I have no idea. I have no idea how to answer that question. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's really. I think each case is is really uh, on a case by case basis in terms of like when do you say I love you? Or when do you say uh, you know? Just you know when it could be a two weeks in, which is probably not the case genuinely, but like could be a couple months in. Uh, I find usually a couple months. You know, if you really are just. Because you know, after the initial sex burst of the first couple of weeks, it's like, okay, uh, the sex is great, but uh, mm. is this person cool? Right. For sure. And hopefully they're asking the same question about you. Hopefully. Uh, and, you know, it all depends on, uh, you know, like I said, their background, your background. Like if you've been, uh, like, say, cheated on, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to whether it's you've been cheated on or they've been cheated on, there's going to be a trust issue. Yeah. So the second you start getting close, the it's one all who... thin ice. Well, yeah, the one who got cheated on is going to be like, is this guy or girl going to cheat on me next? Mm. Uh, or if they, if you were physically abused or, or verbally, which is probably worse than physical, like, uh, you know, okay, when's he going to start talking shit to me? Or, yeah. Or when, when's he going to hit me? You ever been uh you ever been physically abused by a significant other? Uh no, I've never uh, I've never hit a woman. Uh I've, I've never uh, been hit. Uh I mean I I did uh, uh I mean come relatively close to hitting a girl once uh in a very incredibly heated argument. I got very close to hitting my ex-wife one time. And just what stopped to... you? <sighs> Pride. I don't hit women. Yeah. No, I mean, I, uh, you, you know, you're a complete pussy if she you hit a woman. To, she used to beat the shit out of me when she was drunk, throwing bottles and doing right. stupid shit and stuff. So, yeah, I was thinking, okay, after the 30th time, can I just give her one? Because if I, if I just give her one right cross and that's it, she's going to be asleep. You know what I mean? I just got to make sure that she's breathing and that she's on her side. And then, you know, tomorrow, what happened? Oh, you fell down. I don't know. But like, yeah, I've, I've just, I can't. First of all, I don't throw fists nowadays in any respect. Well, you can't these days. Yeah. Like, you know, you get sued, you get in I jail. Just, it's even past that, dude. I just can't in my heart anymore. I mean, I just, I've been in too many. I've seen too much violence. I've seen too much blood. I just can't do anything like that anymore. I don't have it. I don't have it in my heart. I, I mean, barely live with myself for the things that I've done at this point. You just, it ain't worth it. Like, yeah. you know, the short term pleasure you get from smacking someone, uh, you know, it's just not worth the long term. Uh, 
I would definitely, if given the opportunity, like if there was some sort of like league, like an app or something like that, like we should just start an app called Fisticuffs, where it's like you both download the app and you say, okay, we're going to solve this argument with Fisticuffs and then just see what happens. And then, yeah, maybe you can track your stats. That'd be a great app idea. I've got, I've got one or two guys I'd like to throw in on that app. That'd be pretty fucking dope, huh? But shit like that would sell, like, you know. like. Oh, and then if they don't respond to your fisticuffs invites, then you get to troll them and share it on social media like, oh, blank, blank, didn't fucking respond to my fisticuffs invite. Well, I know uh, about two, three years ago, uh, we had the comedy store boxing matches, which was, it was really fun. It was, um, the winners got to open up for Russell Peters, uh, Damn. at the certain shows. And, uh, that is a hell of a prize. Oh, it was great. But I mean, looking back, I mean, some of the matchups were, uh, it, now if you're familiar with the comedy store, uh, crowd and, and, uh, you know, some of the regulars there, the, I think the first match and I was in his corner was Boone Shakalaka. Damn. The uh, homeless transvestite. Uh, he was fighting Josh Martin. My favorite part of the roast battle. And Shakalaga. Let me tell you, it was, I've been to Super Bowls, mm. World Series, Stanley Cup Finals, Kiss concerts. Okay, stop bragging. But <laughs> I, I'm not bragging in as much as saying I've been to a lot of cool events. Mm. Uh, and that fight. The fight between Josh Martin and Boone Shakalaka was the greatest sporting event I've ever been to in my life. Uh, Fucking shit, dude. They were throwing blows. And Boone's like 60 years old, but he's completely shredded. Like he's, I don't know if it's AIDS or like whatever. (laughs) Josh Martin's a young dude, so he's fucking pounding Boone. Boone is like... 30 seconds in already out of breath, but he's going at it. And uh, he, at one point he threw a punch so hard and missed that he fell through the ropes. Fuck. And, uh, the funniest thing was the owner of the gym. Someone had joked around that Boone had AIDS mm. and I don't know if he does or not. And the owner comes up to me and goes, Hey, uh, that guy, uh, he doesn't really have AIDS because I don't have insurance for that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't say he doesn't have it, but, yeah. uh, and then you had, uh, Jay Mack against Ramsey Moore, who has since passed away. Unfortunately, they are both two 400-pound comics. So Damn. just to see two 400-pound dudes slugging it out uh, was pretty funny. And then I think the main event was uh, PJ Stansberry against Davey Wester, who has severe MS. I mean, severe. So it wasn't, you know, it was interesting. Why did they stop doing this competition, I wonder? Um, they, I think they sold it to TV. I'm not sure uh, where it a- actually ended up, but uh, there there have been great rumors. Live shows go to die. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was, uh, and it just the event was uh, Don Barris was the ring. And I know Frazier Smith was the ring announcer. Don Barris was like the MC, and Danish and O'Neill were the ringside, uh, like, uh, I guess not announcers, but uh, personalities and uh, Rick. Okay, they were like the commentators. Uh, well, Rick Ingram and Tony Hinchcliffe were the actual commentators. Danish and O'Neill were just like uh, ringside uh, celebrities, and uh, I was the corner man. Uh, oh, there's there was one more match uh, I was a corner man for, uh, Erica Ligny. 
uh, Comedy Store favorite against Abby Roberge. Yeah. And uh, Eric Oligny didn't have the best training regimen. Uh, for six hours that day, he was smoking cigarettes and drinking diet soda. So he threw up in the ring like 30 seconds. Oh, in. fuck. <laughs> um, so I was 0-2 that night as a corner man. Uh, but it was uh, it's similar to what your app. Uh, I, I could see it happening. Mm. And, and I know there's been talk of maybe a, a possible uh, MMA version of that. Uh, That'd be freaking awesome. Well, people could just get so fucked could, up. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, just like literally, hey, who the hell are you? Do you have the fisticuffs app? It could be like a, f it could bring people together. It could solve a lot of Thanksgiving tussles. Well, there's uh, someone I'd like to uh, get in the ring with, uh, but I don't think they would have the balls to. So, uh, hmm. well, actually, there's two people. Ah, three people now that I think about it. I oh, this is growing all, by the. I hope they all hit you first in front of security cameras. Well, uh, I'll never hit someone. Uh, it's just not worth it to me because when I get going, I like I'm hard to stop, and I'm not very strong. Uh, That's you know? good. Uh, and when you have someone at the comedy store like Tate Fletcher, who is, Tate Fletcher is the best. If you're into coffee, caveman coffee, please check out Tate Fletcher's caveman coffee. Tate Fletcher could kill me in under five seconds. And this goes back to what my mom was saying earlier. There's someone out there with a bigger dick always. Tate Fletcher's that guy. Like, Tate Fletcher could kill you and I in under 15 seconds. He's just UFC fighter. He's, you know, like 6'4", 260, stronger than he knows. Uh, so that's why I'm nice to everyone. Pace. Just I to, try to be nice to everybody as well. Yeah. So on that note, we got deep into this episode. Fuck, we did. You know, Fuck. we talked talked a little roast battle because you got a match tomorrow night with Kelly yeah. Ann Sattler. Um, Make sure to come on out to the comedy store and check it out. It's yeah, be a lot of fun. The roast battle is the best show in town. Still, I might not be there. Um, uh, I'll be there in spirit, and uh, who knows? There might be a special episode on why I left the show. But uh, I will say this: roast battle has given me a lot of good things. So I've nothing but love for a roast battle, uh, Brian Moses and uh, the roast master himself, Jeff Ross. Um, <laughs> you know, I I on a Showtime show coming out because of roast battle oh, on yeah. a uh, unnamed cartoon on an unnamed network that I can't talk about. Well, but you can't talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, I, guys, uh, uh, not on air. If you guys wanted to check me out, I'm on Johnny Stewart. All I have right now is Facebook. So uh, I believe the handle is Johnny.Stewart.73. Go ahead and follow me over there because I'm going to be re I'm going to be revamping all of my social media stuff coming up. And I have a lot of plans and a lot of big things that I wanted to get to. So be sure to check it out if you guys are so inclined to. Yeah, please do because uh, Johnny's a good dude. And, uh, you know, just I'm trying to... Uh, Expose good dudes to my fan base. You guys are always cool to my guests. And uh, Johnny's a super funny dude. He's a great battler. Thank you, and, man. Well, you really are. And you're a good person. So, uh, you know, go on Facebook. And uh, if you go, if you have, I don't know if there's like 10,000 Johnny Stewart's on Facebook. But if you go on my Facebook, go on my friends and just look up Johnny Stewart. You'll find yeah. him. And uh, I'm probably going to get another Twitter coming up, too. So just go ahead and follow me there, and I'll just let you guys know what's going on. So uh, Johnny Stewart, Roast Battle tomorrow night. This will be out in uh, like 40 minutes. I'm going to put on the hockey playoffs while I'm editing. And by editing, I just mean put the music on the front and the back. Uh, thank you to Stevie Rochelle for providing the music for every episode of Inappropriate Earl. Stevie's band Tough, T-U-F-F. -F. 
they were just a you know little late to the party in the eighties. But they uh, they Stevie's done all right for himself. Go on his website, metalsludge.tv. If you're a fan of eighties hair metal, that's the site to go to for the latest rat drama. There's two versions of rat touring. So I don't know what the hell's going on there. But uh, <laughs> Stephen Piercy, come back on Inappropriate Earl. We'll talk about it. Uh, so this is Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. If you're a fan of Roast Battle, go on the at Roast Battle on Twitter. Uh, I think their website is uh, verbalviolence.tv. They have uh, rankings. And uh, I'm not in the rankings anymore. Uh, when you got guys who uh, are getting title shots that aren't in the top 15 that I beat, then daddy ain't in the rankings anymore because there ain't no championship match without me in it. That's just the truth. You know, we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a few of my 15 minutes to explain the rights and the wrongs of Roast Battle. The rights... As me and Brian Moses has been on the show from day one, the wrongs as I've been fucked over since day two. I've got the greatest fight card in the history of that show. I leave a lot of people disappointed when they think, hey, let's put this guy or girl against Earl and showcase them. Earl will give them a good battle. Well, guess what? I do a little bit more than that. I retire people. So whatever's going on against L.A. and New York, it ain't no championship match without the people's champ in it. And if you listen to one part of this podcast, this is a part. Doesn't matter. Everyone knows. I'm the guy. Ain't no one should be getting that title shot but me. But because the New York champ wants to battle someone outside the top 15. That's like the NBA telling the Cleveland Cavaliers, hey, you guys can pick who you want to play in the finals. Oh, we'll take the Lakers. They suck. You could have a tournament of people who beat the guy who's going for the title shot. Makes no sense. So when you go on verbalviolence.tv and you don't see daddy's name in the rankings, just know I removed myself from the rankings because I don't need to roast every two weeks to be relevant. My fight card stands on itself. I was in Montreal season one, given the toughest fucking bracket of all time, and I got through it. So while you guys have to battle every two weeks, and battle your unfunny friends from Long Beach and Orange County to pad your record, I'm taking on the best. Jimmy Carr, Sarah Tiana, K. Trevor Wilson, Jesse Joyce, Mike Lawrence on Facebook Live, the great Joe Dosh. Yeah, you guys be shitting in your little underwear if you had that bike card. And just know when you talk shit about me, I hear it. But guess what? I'll never battle you again because I've beaten most of you. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Let's get this podcast some numbers. Johnny Stewart in the house. Thank you for having me.